Ezekiel 18 and 4. The Lord starts out this verse with a very powerful phrase. Behold, all souls are mine. All souls. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about all souls. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and your word. We're thankful that you are the Savior of the whole world. Today, God, let us hear what you would say from your word. Let it find good ground in our heart. Let it inspire us, Lord, to just be kingdom-minded, to love people the way you do and to do what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Give him another hand clap this morning for his word. We're thankful for the word of God. Hallelujah. You can be seated and thank you again. It's all souls are his. They belong to him. And this is all nations Sunday. So all souls and all nations, they just simply belong to him. And uh, I just felt like um, I wanted to be the like the hors d'oeuvre or the appetizer this morning and kind of get people smelling what's in the kitchen for the next service. Uh, Sister Bibiana will be taking care of that for us. But um, I couldn't get away from just kind of just being a prelude to what was coming. And this scripture has always stuck out in my mind. I love the book of Ezekiel. I love the things that God says about his people, about all people, and just the plan that he has for us in that book. But understanding this is, is really gives you a foundation and a mindset of the way God views the world that it belongs to him. He's the creator. He said they, they're mine. They're not ours, indicating that there might be some other people hanging out with him in heaven. Just a little quick one to play that card right quick. Uh, he said all souls are mine. They belong to him. And I need to know and I need to approach this once I come to him that I'm included in that and that nobody else is excluded from that. We need to make sure that we are seeing the world as he sees the world. They are his. Now, uh, a lot of people say that, well, they're not his until they believe in him. That's not true because there's no life without him. All souls belong to him. They're either obedient souls or disobedient souls, but they all belong to him. He is the giver of life. Without him, there's no breath in nobody. And there's no breath in your body. He's, he's the one that gives that. And so everyone that you meet, the people that you see, uh, everywhere you go, the, the encounters you have, when you, you know, uh, maybe think about when you go on vacation or if you've ever been to another country and you see people who are unlike you, they don't look like you, they don't dress the way you dress, they don't speak your language even maybe very well or at all. And those are people that God loves and that those are the people that he shed his blood for. Those are the people that are able to have the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like you and I. All souls belong to him. He loves all souls. He is about souls and I must be about souls. I cannot say I am about the father's business if I am not in the soul business. I must be about winning souls and, and telling people about this God and, and helping people to understand there is a God that loves you. 
that believes in you, that has better things for you. Behold, all souls are mine, saith the Lord. Sometimes we need to introduce people to the one who they belong to. They just don't know who that father is, and we need to make sure that we're doing that. The God that we serve, he is the God of all nations. He is the God of all souls. In Isaiah 45, 18 and 22, for thus saith the Lord that created the heavens. He's not just the creator of things. God himself that formed the earth and made it, he has established it. He did not create it in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Again, just very plain speech there. I am the Lord, there is none else. But then this, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. There is not any one in any corner of the earth that he does not desire to see them saved. He says, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. That's a message for the world. For God so loved the world. John 3.16 says it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is his desire to reconcile men back to him to save their souls, to have them spend eternity with him, to wash them in his blood, fill them with his spirit, every end of the earth, all the world, not just our little world, but the whole world. You know, sometimes we are very wrapped up in our own world, and, and we should think and be responsible for the immediate place we are. But we should also have a vision that God has that I gave my life for the sins of men so that I could save the whole world. Point people to him. He said, look unto me and be saved. We need to point people to him. We don't need to turn the spotlight on ourselves. We need to put the spotlight on the one who can save them. Look unto me and be ye saved, saith the Lord. All ends of the earth, look unto me. Look unto him. The Bible tells us, uh, looking unto Jesus. Mm. Well, there's another little, whew, uh, little service for the understanding that there ain't but one. And just because he spoke in the Old Testament doesn't make him plural. He, he just manifested himself in the New Testament. He's, it's, the, it's the one God still speaking. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. That He's our Savior. He's our salvation. And so we've got to point people unto Jesus. When you point them unto Jesus, you point them unto God. Isn't it great? You ain't got to have two signs. Look there and look there. Just look at Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Quit looking around. <laughs> We need to put the light on the one who saves us. And I want to make sure that I am understanding that, uh, that God died for all men. You know, I know that there are things that go on in life. In this world we live in filled with men and, and flesh and blood and, and politics and things that it's easy to think, I'm just not sure God would save them. But he will. There are a lot of people that have turned from 
uh, wrong, wrong ways of thinking, wrong ways of acting. Uh, they have recanted or repented of their sins, uh, denied the life that they used to live, and now they are washed in the blood and filled with the Spirit. And their past is uh, offensive, maybe, to the, to the humanity that we are. It could be very ugly and hard to believe, but that's the beauty of the Lord is that he didn't say that you're going to cross a line if you keep doing that, and I won't be able to save you because you'll just be done too much. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And that means whoever they are on whatever corner of the earth they're on, whatever they're doing wrong that we think's wrong, God can still wash them. God can still fill them, and God can still save them. You never look at anybody think and think they are unsavable. He did not call me to agree with all people, but he did call me to love all people. It doesn't mean you're Hey, even in the early church, there were disagreements. Two of the biggest founders of our faith and writers of the New Testament, uh, Peter and Paul, had a little disagreement. Paul said, I had to withstand Peter to his face because uh, he, he had a little issue with culture for a moment there. He, he wanted to uh, hang out with the Gentiles until the Jews showed up, and then he separated himself, and that confused everybody. And, and Paul said, I would stood him because that's not the way the gospel works. Uh, if you're going to hang out with them in secret, you hang out with them in public. You, don't, uh, you can't be uh, uh, acting like, well, I, oh, yeah, it's just all us. You know, I, I'm just this one. I don't know what Peter was thinking but you know it was but it was their culture at the time at the before the Lord showed them a different way the Jews didn't have dealings with Gentiles and maybe there was something still ingrained in there but Paul was able to help get that out of him and we need to know today that you may not agree with people but in in the church of the living God it, there's no right side of the aisle or left side of the aisle you hear what I'm saying he, he's going. There, there's Holy Ghost filled Republicans and Democrats. It, 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 you can't. It's not about politics. It's not about. There's no North, South, East, or West. It's none of that. He's everywhere. He's the God of every direction. He's the God where there's any place. God is there. That means the Savior is in every place. And if the Savior is in every place, He's able to save all that are in that place. And that is what the church is supposed to be about. Understanding that God wants to save all men, not just the men or the groups that I approve of. I am not supposed to submit my opinions about uh, who should be saved, but I'm supposed to be able to see people the way he sees people. They encountered much of this, and you'll read this. If you really read the scriptures when Jesus walked this earth, uh, you and and you get it, you, you won't have any problem with that in your life because you'll begin to see people the way Jesus does. There's a story that we read in John chapter 4 where Jesus is very intentional about saying, I must go through Samaria, got to go there. And we know that as he goes and he sits upon a well, he's weary from the heat of the day. And in verse 7, it says, there comes a woman of Samaria to draw some water. And Jesus spoke to her and said, give me something to drink, because his disciples were going away in the city to buy meat. But this startled this woman. She was unsure of his motives because she said, 
How is it that you, being a Jew, would ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. There was a cultural line there in that day that uh, the Jews did not deal with the Samaritans. And they, they thought they were less than, than they were. They thought they were not really even a people. Consider them to be on the same level as dogs. And, uh, but the Lord, uh, he loves all souls. All souls are mine, saith the Lord. The, the Lord that spoke that to Ezekiel is now sitting on the well talking to this woman from Samaria. But Jesus, he spoke to her and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that said to you, Give me drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. He was trying to let this lady know that uh, there is a new deal in place. Now that I am here in the flesh and I'm doing the work that I came to do, there's a new deal. It's not just uh, for the Jews only. It's to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, to all that believe. That's the gospel. It was to the Jew first. But he said, if you just knew who I was, of course, he knew she didn't know yet. He's, he's going to break all this down for her in a minute. But the story that we get out of this is that there's not, we should never see someone in our world, in our walk, on our job, in our school, that, that we can't cross that line to tell them about Jesus. That we can't say, oh, oh you, you voted for, for a Republican? Well, I can't talk to you. Or you voted for a Democrat? I can't talk to you. Or you're part of this group? Well, I can't talk to you. Or, or you, 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 know, you, you came from here? I can't talk to you. Uh-uh. There's, how will people be saved if the people who know about the Savior don't tell them? You know, we can't just classify a group of people into a place and say they can't be saved. They're just going to be a thorn in our side. The Lord must have put them on the earth to just be trouble. No. People are trouble. <laughs> whether they're his or not, whether they're the, the part of the body or not, people are people wherever they are. And, and because of their flesh, because of their emotions, because of their opinions, that's where trouble starts. But all souls belong to him. And the blood cleanses every. There's nobody that the blood, oh, it don't work on them. It cleanses from all sin. There is no uh, division uh, to him uh, when he looks at us. There is no difference between the Jew or the Gentile, between the Greek and the Jew. There's no difference to him. Uh, he, he knows that I created man. And all men sprang from that first man. All, all the world you see today after the flood are because of Noah and his family. No matter what language they speak, what color they are, what part of the world they live in, it, it, all flesh died except that eight. And now the millions and the billions are from that. So just go on and look at somebody and say, how you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? <laughs> how you doing, Ken? What's up, cuz? Because we're all uh, in that. Uh, the Bible says uh, he, Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of us all. So we've got to realize that God has put us in this world. And yes, we are different. 
in the way we look, maybe in the way we talk, in the foods we eat, in some opinions that we have. But in his eyes, I went to the cross for all of you. I, I, I put this plan in place for all of you. It, it wasn't about uh, where you were on the planet. It was about where I needed to go on the planet. And I went to that hill and I went to that cross and I shed that blood. And that blood flowed and covered the world. It covered the world. There's not anyone that will be born that the blood was not shed for. And so this woman, uh, and that's the sad thing is that there are people today that, that look you know, they, they knew the Jews said, hey, we're the seed of Abraham. You know, we serve the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. We're God's chosen people. That's what the Samaritans knew. They knew that's what the Jews believed. And I hope that there are not people in the world today that look at the church and think, I know they think, well, they're God's people and they ain't nobody like them and they won't have nothing to do with me. I hope that there's not a, a lot of Samaritan viewpoints out there about the church today. I hope that we're not propagating that, that we're not the ones that are making people believe that because we act like we're elitist or we're somehow better than the rest of the world. We are not. I've said this many times and will continue to say it. We might have something that somebody doesn't have, but we do not have something that they cannot have. And so we need to make sure that just because uh, we came to it before they did doesn't mean that they're not on their way. The Lord is able to save all men. And this woman uh, had a reputation in her town. She had five husbands. She was shacking up with another guy. The people knew about her, but he offered her that living water. He didn't care about her background. He didn't care about her uh, nationality. He didn't care about who she was, Samaritan or what. He just said, if you knew who I was, you would understand. I give living water or offer it to everybody. And so we need to tell everybody about the living water. The Lord told us when we pray that we should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. One of my favorite passages of scripture is the vision that John had in the book of Revelation when he saw uh, the people there in the spirit. It said in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. Very important phrasing there. Not just about the number of people it was that was there because no matter how great the number was, men could entertain the thought of, let's take a census. David did it, got in trouble for it. Um, but he said no man could number it. I like to think that the Lord is saying, you know, no man gets to number who's going to be there. You, we're, we're, not, we're not standing up here saying, here, take a number. You made it in. Take a number. You'll make it in. He said no man gets to number this. And they are of all nations. They are of the nations that we have been at war with. There's a, you know, because of our, our flesh and our blood and our humanity, wars arise and, and there are battles and, and fights and, and great horrors that happen. Uh, men who have survived war could tell you things that would make your hair stand up. And, and it would be very easy get a bitterness or a hatred toward a nation of people because of what they have done. But still, even in that, 
that is not all the people of that nation that believe like that. Many people had to serve in, in their military or their armies out of fear because they would tell them, if you do not join, then we will just kill you and or we will kill your family. And so many people were forced into these wars that they did not want to be there. And there are nations that have, uh, you know, uh, attacked our our country. And, and it was easy for a while there to be really hateful toward people that uh, looked like they were from the Middle East or, you know, oh, you, you know, all this happened just because this has never happened on our soil. And it was easy and people were really uh, turning against people who just looked like they might be from that area of the world. And, oh, God help us because that wasn't all of them. And we have got to be able to understand that even if they had been part of that, that they are still able to repent. And they are still able to be washed in the blood and still able to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's, oh, not if they did that. Oh, but we love Paul so much. And he stood by consenting to the death of Stephen, who was simply preaching about Jesus. And yet we'll say, oh, Paul, God really saved him. Well, God can save the man who built the, the, the vest that carried the bomb, too. He can, he, yes, he can. He, he, he can uh, save anybody, and he's able to do that. And yes, is it horrible what they did? Sure. Do they know it's horrible? Yes, they do. What they need to know is that there is a God that can forgive them. I know you're talking, whoa, pastor, I, I've never, that's the thing, we never get outside of our little world of thinking, understanding that all souls belong to him, and all of us have sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one, not one on the entire planet. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but in this picture, John said, there was a great multitude that no man could number, all nations, kindreds, people. And tongues, they stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand. Oh, they all had white robes on. You know what that means? They have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, our God. They're all from different nations, but they're all acknowledging this is our God, our God. Oh, I'm so thankful to be in that number. And I've I, I said before, John was close enough to see him, to see the robes, to see the palms. And I, I wondered, did he see my face? Did he see me in that number? Did he see me there? They were crying with a loud voice, salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. If we're going to catch the vision that Jesus had and of what he came to do, we must be able to see past our own little world and realize that all souls belong to Jesus. That the love of God has no boundaries. It has no barriers. Uh, listen, as our human love often has, when we love like God loves, we can reach the world. We can. When Peter was sent to the house of Cornelius, he had some issues to overcome. Because when the Lord gave him a vision to let him know he was going to be sending him somewhere, Peter said, 
I don't deal with things that are unclean, and I don't, I don't do that. And, uh, but the Lord said, whatever I have cleaned, in Acts 10 and 15, he said, whatever God has cleansed, he said, you don't call it common. You don't call it unclean. And so when Peter gets to Cornelius' house, he said, now, you know, it's not lawful for a Jew to come in to the house of a Gentile, but the Lord has shown me something. And in Acts 10, 34 and 35, Peter said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Oh, my goodness. Peter had to get over himself. He had to get over himself. And when he began to preach Jesus, these people that he would, before he would not even enter their household, the people he was preaching to began to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues, just like they did at the beginning. And he said, well, then who can forbid water that they should not be baptized? And they baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he realized God is not a respecter of persons. It's not about money. It's not about gender. It's not about race. And it's not about our education or social standing. God loves us all equally. And if they are accepted by God, they have to be accepted by me. We have to get over ourselves. And love people and see people the way that God sees people. You know, I have, I can't, I'm looking past the flag so I can check the clock. That's all right, I still like the flags. But I, one of the people would mention sometimes, Pastor, you know, I, I love hearing your story because it's amazing where God brought you from and the things he brought you out of and things like that. And I said, yeah, well, you know, that's what God will do. But, you know, I, I have a, a friend, a, he's really, he's a, we call each other cousin, we're cousin through marriage. Uh, my aunt, which was a Walden, married a Hegwood, which he's a Hegwood, I'm a Walden, so uh, whether there's any real kinship there or not, I know now we're both in the same body because he's been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, and he actually pastors in Walnut Grove now. But uh, Brother Tony was uh, into a lot of things in his life. And uh, he, was, he was one of them guys, if he was on your side, you didn't have nothing to worry about. I mean, but if he was against you, you better be hiding because that dude was bad. I'm telling you, he was bad. And um, he's just one of them guys, I would never want to know that I was fixing to try to whoop him because it wasn't going to happen. He's, a, he's the kind of guy that whoops four or five people at a time by himself. And that's just who he was. Grew up like that, fighting black belt, fight, you know, just running gangs and things like that. But not just gangs. He actually um, became a member of, of the KKK. And so he had a lot of things going on in his life. And, you know, he had a lot of ideas that were pushed into him and shoved into him from a child. It came from his, his parents and stuff. So it was part of his upbringing, and he just didn't know no other way. And that's the way he was. Until one day he heard about Jesus. And one day he found his way into an apostolic church. And God got a hold of his heart and led him to the altar 
And he repented of his sins. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And, and, and those things that used to be part of his life were part of his life no more. Listen, the white robe he was wearing now, it ain't the white robe he was wearing then. Yeah, he, and he was on up in that organization. And, he, he, and he'll tell you with tears in his eyes how awful it was the way they were and the way he is now. And I've watched him. You know, a lot of people don't even know uh, that. And I've watched him in conferences and in places praying with people, praying with people that were not like him of different races, different things, and him weeping over them and crying over them and praying over them. Oh, when God gets a hold of a heart, God gets a hold of a heart. And when the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. <laughs> it, it, it's true. If there's any testimony that inspires me, uh, you know, I always think of how God changed Paul. But I said, I actually know a guy kind of like Paul. <laughs> I know a guy who was, whoo, he was something else. But God completely changed him. This man pastors a church today preaching the gospel and loving people and, and being there for people. And it doesn't matter who they are. He's been on missions trips to other countries and other things, helping people. He just simply loves people the way God loves people now because he knows that all souls belong to him. He was delivered. And so if we want to fulfill what Jesus desired, we have to have the same desire toward all people. In Matthew 22 and 9, he said, go he gave a, a, a parable about a great supper that had been prepared. And of course, we know uh, we equate that to the getting ready of that great supper of the Lamb uh, in heaven. But when he had sent out the invitations to all those that should be there, there was still people who made excuse, did not come, and there was room. And he said, so go in the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid them to the marriage. He said, he didn't tell them, give them any other descriptors. He said, just as many as you find. It's kind of like uh, the woman that had uh, the brother uh, was preaching about with the woman with the, uh, the oil and um, gathering the vessels. He said, just go get them. Don't get a few of them. Get as many as you can get. Bar, don't, he didn't tell them what size. I said, some of them might have been like a Dixie cup. Some of them could have been like a rain barrel. It just could have been anything. Because he said, just get the vessel, I'll fill it. And that's what the Lord's saying there, just as many as you can get. If you'll get them here, I can take care of the rest. I'm not asking you to save them, I'm asking you to get them. Call them, reach out to them, invite them, tell them about me, tell them where they can find what they need. Just tell somebody about me, as many as you can tell, just tell them. Ever look and think, well, they, they probably already know the Lord. Well, you don't know if they do or not until you speak to them. Go speak to them. Ask them about it. What's going on with you? Do you know the Lord? Man, I, I, as many as you can find. What if we did that? What if every day we made it a point and say, just, you know, I know I got to work or I got to be at school and do things, but in every little brief opportunity I have, how many people will I say, hey, do you know the Lord? They might throw a drink in your face or cuss you out, but. You asked. You said, I, I was just checking. Hey, if you don't want to know him, but he loves you, and then run. No, but just as many as you can find. Romans 10 and 12, there is no difference between the Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all 
is rich unto all that call upon him. Anybody that calls on him, when they're calling on his name in faith, trusting, believing that he is the Savior, he's going to answer. He's going to, he, he said, God is rich unto all, Jew or Greek, it doesn't matter who they are, if they're calling on me. So we can't say, oh, this little old, we got this cool little apostolic club, and can't nobody else hop in here. This, you gotta, there's no predestination of stuff. There's no, uh, well, God already determined they were going to be saved. God just knows everything. So, but, but there's no exclusion there. For the promises unto you, to your children, all that are far off, even as many, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So uh, God is calling people out of darkness. And a lot of times he's using us as that voice to do that. So there's no difference because it's not the Lord's will that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. Paul wrote this to Timothy, 1 Timothy 2 and 4. said, God will have all men to be saved. Well, there's a lot of people we want to see die. Come on, that's flesh and blood. Don't, don't get me wrong. This You hear about some unspeakable horror that somebody did to a kid or something like that, and you're just like, mm, mm, mm. boy, I hope a truck runs over them. If it does, I hope they're saved, but no. No, no but you, you know, it's just like because you're thinking, how can somebody do that? But except for God's grace and mercy on us, that could be us. But man, People without the Lord are unrestrained. And if we don't have the Lord in our life, you think I would never do that. You'd be surprised what you do when you're without the Lord. You'd be surprised what you do when you're not listening to the voice of the Spirit. Uh, and, and you're not following to that. You, man, you find yourself in all kind of situations, things that you would be ashamed if anybody ever knew. But the Lord said, I want all men to be saved. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. All men, all women, all races, all nations, all tongues, all kindreds. He said all men. Because all souls are his. They all belong to him. And that is how the church will become what he wants the church to be. He said lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are ripe and ready for harvest. And guess what? It wasn't just, there's fields in every nation, not just in our backyard, but in every nation. Not just in our uh, political arena, but in every nation. So we need to help bring people to the knowledge of the truth. And it doesn't matter who they are, God wants them to know that. Paul said, God is made of one blood of all nations of men. One blood. One blood. You know, that um, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. You bleed red. God has made, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. You got a heart. You got lungs. You got kidneys. You got, it doesn't matter. The same thing on the inside powers all of us. And it'll be the same thing on the inside that'll save all of us. 
It's going to be uh, that spirit. God breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. It's the breath of God that makes all men living souls. So he can say, behold, all souls are mine. So if, if it is true, and if he cares about all of them, then we go back and we can see what Jesus said. What is our mission? What is the call? What is the purpose of the church? In Matthew 28 and 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's All Nations Sunday. All these flags you see represent a different nation, tongue, and kindred. And in all these nations, there are people that don't look like us. But there are people who have what we have. There are people who have been baptized in Jesus' name. I don't even know what some of these flags are. I can't even tell you. They're pretty, but I don't know. But, but I do know that under all these flags, there are people who have been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, that there are churches there preaching today. Somewhere they're holding a service. It might be in a building. It might be out under a thatched roof somewhere in the jungle. It could be anywhere but they're preaching about Jesus Christ and him crucified and people being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's happening today. And so in this country, especially with this college campus right there, we have access to so many different nationalities, so many different nations. And some of them have never even heard Acts 2.38, but uh, we're going to do our best to remedy that. And we want them to know that this church welcomes all nations. All people. It doesn't matter uh, what we look like on the outside, what's going on inside. It doesn't matter if we can barely understand uh, what they're saying or if they can barely understand what we're saying. We want to break that barrier. We want to find a way to, to, to fix those things and, and communicate the truth and the gospel and the knowledge of this Savior that they need to know. Make friends with people of different cultures it's so enriching and so rewarding. Uh, some of our favorite people are the, the people who own the Indian restaurant here in Athens. They are some of the sweetest, lovingest people. And, and I hope uh, one day they'll show up for All Nations Sunday. I hope that they'll be here and that they'll hear about this gospel. And, and man, just get filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and who knows, they might decide to go back to India and start telling their family about it. I don't know, but, but man, I know that God is able to do it. So Jesus said, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, all nations. Teach them and baptize them. Mark 16, 15 and 16, Mark recorded it like this. And Jesus said unto them, go into all the world, that's all nations, and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. But they have the opportunity to believe. But what do you got to do? You got to preach the gospel. And when they believe the gospel, they obey the gospel. And they are baptized as two witnesses. Twice Jesus said to baptize. I don't get why these people that say baptism isn't important. And twice already Jesus has said it is important. And he's about to say it a third time. In Luke 24 and 47, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. So that's the same thing that Matthew said, all nations. And, uh, but I don't, where did Luke say something about baptism? Remission of sins 
comes from baptism in Jesus' name. Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. That's where it started. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Well, if baptism in Jesus' name is for remission of sins, I know I'm, I'm slipping a little oneness plug in here again, uh, but if, if baptism in Jesus' name is for the remission of sins, and the Lord said to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, then the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost must be Jesus. Because it can't be two different ones. There, and I know I'm not teaching a oneness lesson right now, but, but man, every time, I, every time I go over that, I'm like, mm-hmm. But if you're going to tell people all souls belong to him, you need to be able to tell them who he is. You need to tell them so his name is Jesus. And I'm thankful today that that is the mission of the church. All nations, all the world, all nations. He was very you know, intentional about saying, make sure you're not drawing lines in the sand of this is only how far I'll go with the gospel. Erase those lines and keep going because the gospel is without bounds. It's to, it's to every corner of the planet. And so I want to be like him. Jesus was very intentional about his encounter in, in John chapter 4. I must needs go through Samaria. I've got to do it. And they're like, why? <laughs> what? They didn't even go with him. They said, well, we'll go get something to eat. You go on through Samaria. They, 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 you know, and he went by himself. Probably a good thing. But uh, because a lot of times people will miss Jesus' encounters up. So it was just Jesus and her only. And she was able to realize that this man, and she found out later that he is the Christ. And he knows everything I've ever done, and yet he still offered me living water. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be intentional about breaking barriers, crossing lines, reaching others of different cultures. And I don't want to be worried about what others say or think about it. They, when, when the disciples, it said, when they walked up, they marveled that he spoke with her. It's like, what is he doing? He knows she's a Samaritan. Just like Simon the leper said, if he really was a man of God, he would know what kind of woman he's talking to. Yeah, he, he always knows who he's talking to because he's going to talk to everybody. And so uh, I, if, if Jesus wants them, I want them. And there ain't nobody that Jesus don't want. So if Jesus wants them, we should want them. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. I'm going to stop right here. With one last verse, Revelation 22 and 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And the Spirit and the bride. Well, God is that Spirit. And the bride is the church. We've got to have the same message as our Savior. We've got to have the same message as God. Come. Oh, let me no. Let me let me check your credentials first, or let me give me a little background on you. First. Come. Let him that hears that pass it on. In other words, if you hear it, then you turn around and say, "Come." And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely.
he still at the end that, that message from John 4 I'm just I'm giving living water to anybody who will hear it come come and so I want the same message as the spirit I want the same message as our savior I want that same message just just come whoever you are whatever that includes just come come meet this Jesus come meet the savior of the world he's got a new and better deal for you I promise you and that's the message that the church needs to have today. If we're going to pray the way that Jesus prayed, told us to pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Well, in heaven it was all nations, all kindreds, all tongues. That's the way the church should be here today. There should not be, and I know because of demographics and things, sometimes it seems like, well, there's only one nationality in that church because that's all that's in that area. But that's not the way it should be here because all nationalities are just within a stone's throw of us. They're, 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 they're everywhere. They're on our campus. They're, they're, they're working jobs around here. They're, we, they're everywhere. People of all nations are right here within our reach. We can be an image of that church that God intends to have in heaven. I want His will to be done in earth, just like it is in heaven. I want our church on earth to look like the church that's in heaven. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Come on. I need somebody to get behind me with that. I need our church here to look like the church looks like in heaven. That's when we're doing what God called us to do. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you for the instruction of your word, for the example that you set. Lord, to love all people, regardless of who they are, where they're from. Lord, you shed your blood for all nations. and You are the Savior of all men and all souls belong to you today. God, let our hearts be renewed in that vision with a determination, Lord, that we will have church on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give a hand clap to the Lord this morning. He's great.